Welcome to the IAB UK podcast. Hello and welcome back to the IAB UK Connected podcast. From the IAB, I'm James Chandler, returning after a brief hiatus to make way for our brilliant Stay Engaged series, which has had over 4,000 listens so far. A massive thank you to all of the speakers who turned around their presentations made for the stage to something a bit more off stage. All of the episodes are available for you to listen to. So if you're interested in whether Tom Goodwin has the same shoe size as Byron Sharp, or you've got a hankering to hear Sam Crowther from A Million Ads walking to his shed first thing in the morning, whatever you fancy, check out the episodes now. Back to business then, and to a lockdown that feels in a very different place to where we left it on this podcast a month or so ago. So who better to kick things off again than friend of the show, Ed Couchman, UK General Manager at Snap. We talk about all of the new products and launches that came out of Snap's recent partner summit, how the business has supported organisations like the NHS through the crisis so far, and how Gen Z are going to play their part in the road to recovery. But I started by asking Ed if video conferencing fatigue had set in yet. How can you get video conferencing fatigue when you have the Snap camera, James? <laughs> At every call, I can turn myself into maybe some dog ears, a tropical paradise behind me or um, out in the countryside. So it's difficult to be fatigued when you never quite know how your colleagues are gonna turn up and what brilliant AR experience they've got going on with them. So that certainly keeps it uh, quite lively and fresh. Uh, What I would say though is I I think it is important that we don't spend all day on screens replicating many of the things we try to do in the office. I think, you know, virtual meetings, Zoom calls, Google Hangouts, Blue Jeans, whatever it might be, definitely help foster a sense of connection. But I do think trying to have some time away from the screen is also really important just to refresh and re-energize. Yeah, it's a really good point. And did you have a big culture? I mean, you're a big global organization. Did you have a a culture of video calling anyway before we got into lockdown and therefore you're sort of pretty used to it and took to it quite quickly um yeah i think it's fair so we did actually there's a whole bunch of things that actually have made the transition to working from home or winning from home james is what we like to say relatively seamless and i think you know snap is obviously a tech company or has elements of a tech company Mm. and as a result of that many of our tools and systems are on the cloud you know, majority of the team have laptops. And as a result of that, we're resilient. Obviously, you know, the advertising uh, sales team are on the road a lot. They're seeing clients and they're used to working remotely as well. So actually, I've been really impressed with the resilience, both in the team, but also in the business and our tools and systems. And with you sort of touched on the sales team there. I mean, so much of that is about relationships. So so many of those are uh, are built in face to face and personal meetings. How have those guys cope with maintaining those relationships, albeit from you know a bigger distance than ever before, and doing it in the same way we're kind of doing it now? Yeah, you know, we've actually tried to be quite thoughtful and mindful about our approach. So of course, we've done Zoom calls and lots of education sessions as well, which have been popular. We've also tried to think about some smaller touches, uh, thoughtful touches. So, for example, sending maybe some Uber Eats uh, codes, nice. so maybe we could get for lunch. Um, we have a partnership with Headspace as well, you know, the meditation mindfulness app. So, uh, we've given some three month trials of that to our colleagues, some digital book vouchers as well, so it can kind of expand the mind and read. So, I think we definitely have tried to keep in touch virtually, but also thinking about how can we show our thanks and appreciation or just help out some of our partners so yeah we're trying to be really thoughtful you mentioned headspace there which is almost the perfect segue into starting to talk about partner summit because of mm. course they got they got a good mention there but i mean there was there was so much stuff not just on the product side i mean maybe we'll talk about the format of it in a minute which is sort of unlike 
I think anything else that I've seen from, from any partners. But you had you had stuff on Bitmoji games. You had um, some support for new businesses. Uh, Snap Originals, loads more coming in and discover minis, which is I think where Headspace was featuring as well. So third party people can run stuff within within Snapchat now. What was what was the thing that that excited you the most about it? Yeah, so much to unpack, isn't there, from yeah, Snap Partner Summit, and we could probably take up the whole podcast. <laughs> but I know you're gonna you're gonna keep me tight, and I won't be able to do that. So I'm gonna pick out a few things. I'm actually gonna kick off with a production element, actually. Mm. Firstly, I say, you know, we definitely had the desire to kind of raise the bar on virtual events and just to rethink them. And, you know, having some basically green screen technology to recreate the uh, Santa Monica where our HQ is sort of beachfront, including the lapping of the ocean and birdsong, I thought was just genius. (laughs) But the other thing is, it just made it really visually stimulating for those people tuning in. So um, so that was brilliant. The thing that the biggest uh, takeout I took, though, was I think it's a bit higher level than just those individual sort of product announcements. And we've talked about those, of course. But for me, it was actually um, the appreciation and understanding we had in the reviews and write-ups and, and column inches afterwards that Snap just wasn't actually a communication app. It was actually a platform. And within the platform, there's lots of super apps within that. So you mentioned Maps, the AR functionality, the chat functionality and the discover content and all that kind of creates this notion of, of a kind of almost like a super app that one app that contains many, many services to kind of connect our community with. And I think that's the first time I felt the uh, the press in the wider sense of the, of the uh, definition really got a thorough appreciation and understanding of, of the sort of North Star that Snap's heading towards. Yeah, um, we should talk a little bit about um, uh, the situation we're in, albeit feeling sort of slightly different um, from where we were at the, the the start. I think we're on like episode 20 of, of this Connected podcast now. And the start of it was very much about how we're going to adapt to this and people working from home and being distanced. We we're talking about mental health, but we didn't really know what we were in for. We didn't know how long we we're going to do it. But I feel like we're in, there feels like much more talk about recovery now, I guess, than, than perhaps there was before. But j- j- just just tell me how Snap and the, the you talked a bit about the team, but how as a business have you guys either helped other businesses or, or helped some of our support services during lockdown? Yeah, really good question. So let's rewind to the beginning of lockdown, actually, because I think you're right. We're in a very different place now. And there's a bright light at the end of the tunnel for us, hopefully. Um, and if I rewound to the beginning of the virus, then actually I think it's fair to say Snap really felt strongly that we had a very important role to play in stopping the spread of the virus Mm -hmm. and helping our Snapchatters community. So um, we were obviously in a state of rapid transition from that time. Um, The most important thing we did though really, two two things in kind of keeping the community informed, Snapchatters informed, and we accelerated a whole bunch of partnerships to make sure that we provided factual, credible, information about the virus and we felt that was really important so in the UK that was with the NHS of course they had we launched their official account for the first time as well as the World Health Organization and then some independent news stories like we uh, partnered with the ITV News to make sure that we're getting factual credible information to the Snapchat community and that was really important for us interestingly though as the kind of pandemic continued there was also a bit of an appetite for some more lighter entertainment mm. and one of our most popular shows during lockdown was the corner shop challenge where which basically involves someone going to their corner shop because obviously that's all you could do obviously during lockdown with just five pounds and then trying to create <laughs> edible meals essentially for lunch based on five pounds which involved a lot of kind of like super noodles um so that was fun uh, 
on the one side of the community. The other thing that we thought was really important was uh, thinking about people's uh, overall mental well-being because mm. clearly it was a time of, and still is for many people, yeah. of uh, anxiety and uncertainty. And we again accelerated the launch of Here For You, which essentially are um, content from uh, leading content providers, experts in their fields around um, mental well-being. So if someone, for example, was searching for anxiety, then we surface a whole bunch of resources to help them in, in that time. Yes, so I think that was the first thing that we tried to do, as I said, is really look after our community that use uh, Snapchat every day and then providing uh, content. Our policy team, as I mentioned, worked with NHS and UK government and they created official accounts. And then on Discover, we worked with uh, a whole bunch of official um, providers. And then on the business side, um, we really thought it's important to understand that the uh, media agency partners, our creative agency partners and our uh, advertising partners were also going through a rapid state yeah. of flux. So we did a whole bunch of, uh, sort of educational seminars and, and webinars to kind of keep them informed on the changes of our products, but also just to try and be there for them what, in, in what they needed essentially. Yeah. Do, do you, have you seen anything around behaviours, particularly on the platform, that have only really sprung up because of lockdown? And I'm sure you've got numbers around usage and, you know, I think most platforms have come out and said, seen unbelievable spikes in usage, but anything behavioural trend-wise that you've seen that's different? And I guess that critical question that lots of people are asking themselves now, we're talking to someone the other day who, a business that has 20 different scenarios ready for when we come out, mm. as to what are we going to keep doing that we've changed during lockdown and what are we just going to revert to when things become a bit more normal? So anything sort of behaviour-wise that you've seen? I think you're right to acknowledge that we did see record levels of usage essentially across a uh, number of snaps taken, time spent with AR, uh, communication with best friends, because obviously when you can't be physically together, Snap is yeah. brilliant for making sure you're virtually connected and together. And we saw all that, as uh, I said, record levels of usage, and then records levels of usage spending time in Discover, which is the kind of professional uh, content um, area of Snap. So I think that's really important to acknowledge. I don't feel... Um, that there's any new behaviours that are going to be formed from COVID. But yeah. I do feel it's ex ex overall accelerated right. the kind of rapid digital transformation. Uh, I think uh, Mark Ritson's been quoted to say is just accelerated, COVID's accelerated the future. Yeah. As you mentioned, sort of four years of innovation in four months. But I think it's just accelerated the trajectory that consumers have been on. Yeah. Uh, and I do feel we see a, a the overall rise in um, e-commerce and digital channels, essentially, or the percentage of retail sales via digital channels will remain, will get higher. But I think that's just accelerating those trends that have already happened. Yeah, I mean, e-commerce in particular, that's the, the quote I was thinking of that, that, that relates to it. You know, pre-COVID, almost these things felt so hard. They're multi-stakeholders within businesses. There's sort of no one who's kind of owning it. And then when you're forced into this situation where you physically can't sell these things in a mm. in a shop on the high street, I guess it sharpens the focus and you can and you can move things forward. Yeah, and you know the thing when we've been speaking to our partners about this is absolutely it's accelerated digital transformation. Uh, on a very specific, we had a ad product launch called Dynamic uh, Products, which essentially helps uh, businesses and uh, advertisers get the right products through a whole bunch of those signals to the people that are most likely to go on and buy them. And we've seen extraordinary success with that with partners from Farfetch or the Arcadia Group, for example. Mm. And I do think that that need for digital transformation has also been emphasised. And 
I think SNAP's got a role to play in that about how we can help our partners go through that essentially. We should talk a bit about audience as well because I know, you know, even from my my time at SNAP, it is that very specific audience, you know, that, that is, you know, um, uh, over, over said but is, is difficult to reach but this is a place where incredibly engaged. But when you think about someone like Gen Z, they are going to have a sort of active role to play in this recovery, aren't they? So we really think fundamentally, and we are optimistic about the future, I think, and it's worth really highlighting that yeah. as well, but we do really feel that Gen Z have a crucial role to play in the recovery. Um, we also know that they're also one of the most impacted groups, whether yeah. that might be their exams are being cancelled, yeah, yeah. you know, while schools are due to go back in September, I think many universities are still making those plans. Um, we obviously from what we read think the job market might contract and I think entry-level roles might be challenging then as well for uh, so I do think Gen Z are disproportionately impacted but they also disproportionately have a crucial role to play in the um, recovery and obviously the Gen Z audience are so crucial to brands as well that they are their consumers of today but also tomorrow and um, we think it's really important that um, brands particularly and businesses think about how they communicate with them and how they support Generation Z as well. Um, the sort of the quote of the week that I heard was, I mean, you had Sorrel very early on uh, and the like talking about sort of V-shaped recovery and it's going to be this incredible uh, bounce back. Um, the, the term is now it's going to be a climb back rather than a bounce back. So we'll kind of get there, but it's not going to be this very knee jerk, right, suddenly Q4, everything's kind of rosy again. Mm. Um, anything um, that, that you're hearing that you think contradicts that? Yeah, I, I've, um, I think of previous recessions, potentially yeah. the early 2000s or post-financial uh, crisis, the V, W, mm. U shapes were often coined. <laughs> all the letters. Uh, all the letters, which I think for the benefit of the podcast, everyone can have in their mind's eye. But the most interesting shape I saw, which is more difficult in your mind's eye, so I'm going to have to encourage the listeners to Google it, <laughs> is the inverse square root sign. Which essentially, does, yeah, yeah. So people are gonna have to go and Google that the inverse square root sign. Okay. Uh, but essentially, it is a relatively rapid recovery, mm. but not quite back to the levels pre-COVID. Got it. And I think that will happen um, for the rest of this year. But all the other independent um, pieces I see actually do paint a pretty optimistic picture yep. of recovery into 2021 and beyond. And obviously, we 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 have the presidential election later this year for our US friends and colleagues. We know that is often a, uh, an important time uh, for advertising spend. And then obviously, the Olympics and the Euros, fingers crossed, will yeah. go ahead next year. And we think they're also going to provide that uh, sort of pivotal moments. So yeah, we're absolutely optimistic in in the recovery. And I'm going to go for bounce back, not climb back. Yeah, nice, good. You heard it. But in the um, inverse square root shape <laughs> <laughs> it's just a big old asterisk next to it you've got people wildly i mean i've, I've tried to write it down but can't make head on television so I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to google it um what would you what do you think about i mean lots of decisions being made about um you know personal restrictions that are being lifted and perhaps by the time this podcast goes out they'll be lifted even more um in our sort of day-to-day -day lives but i mean as a business we're starting to think about um, our office in central London and what, what we think we might do there. Uh, t Twitter have boldly come out and said, well, I'm not sure we're going to need a, a physical office. That there is still there is still a need, isn't there, to connect people physically. Technology does such a wonderful job of doing it virtually. But, you know, you sort of think about creativity and, and, and brainstorming. Mm. There really is, I don't think, personally, a substitution for doing that. So being around people again is certainly something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I, I've missed it as well, James. And I think there's, there's two things that I think digital is very hard or virtual is hard to recreate. 
Firstly, is that serendipitous moment you have in the office where you're making a coffee with someone, you bump into them in the lift, and you happen just to be saying hi and sharing what you're about to do in your day. Yeah. And someone goes, that's so interesting because I'm doing X or Y. And that kind of magic alchemy that happens from that mm. serendipitous moment, I definitely think I miss that. And the other thing, I guess more philosophical, is that sense of belonging. That when you all walk into the same building each day, yeah. you have those shared experiences and you're all working and really unified. And I, I feel that a physical location really helps build that sense of belonging for all team members. And I, those are the two things that I'm really missing. We talked a bit with um, uh, with some other guests about culture and how with a physical building, you put, there's so much sort of resource and time and thinking that goes into making that physical space a embodiment of culture, big open space so you can work together, slogans on the wall. That and and of course you don't have that when we're working as we are now. What some people have said is actually it's we feel sort of closer as a community of people, and you mm. realise that the culture is more about the people than the the building, which I guess it should be. Yeah, I, I, and I definitely agree with that. Actually, around having those uh, virtual small windows into people's mm. uh, living rooms, kitchens, studies, gardens, <laughs> bedrooms, whatever it might be, uh, and commenting on their reading materials, their guitars, yeah. or music collections, whatever it might be, has been really like it. Definitely has helped to get to know people a bit more. Yeah. Um, so it does resonate with me, but I, I do think it's very, something very powerful about a group of people working together in one, not necessarily one building, but in a building together, yeah. and the sort of deeper ties that fosters. Uh, we, we always finish, Ed, with, uh, with a couple of questions. We, we, we always ask about lockdown to-do lists, and I wonder if you made one right at the very start, and if you have, how many things have you ticked off of it? Um, I don't think I quite had a lockdown to-do list, but I definitely had some goals and ambitions. Okay. So some I've been really successful on, and some I've, I'm going to have to be honest with all the listeners and I haven't achieved at all. So the two successes, so my three things. One was to cook more, not okay. just banana bread, as we all did in the <laughs> early days of lockdown, but I've expanded my repertoire. So big success. So I've eaten my way through lockdown, great. Uh, secondly was to read a little more, and I've definitely achieved that because... Uh, obviously not commuting yeah. and having more time at home. I've definitely read more, and so that's a big tip. My big failure, though, I promised myself I'd uh, get out and, and do some exercise, and I really want to do the Couch to 5K, and I have to confess I haven't even downloaded the app. Wow. There should mm. be some sort of partnership opportunity, Ed Couchman's Couch to 5 I, I don't know. There's something in there, isn't there? <laughs> I don't know, but someone cleverer than me will, will think of that. Two out of three isn't bad, though, I felt, James. Two out of three isn't bad. Very, very good meatloaf song as well. And then I'm the, really glad you said that, not me. <laughs> the, the, and then the second question is, do you wave goodbye at the end of your video conference calls? And if so, why? Um, do you know what? There's a couple of ways we end our conferences <laughs> calls. So I'm going to share them. So we do wave goodbye. Yeah. And I can't stop myself from doing it, but it's I don't weird, know why. Yes. Yeah. But there are times we actually form our fingers into a circle and kind of bring them straight to the camera to kind of give us a bit of a try to imitate that physical connection. Oh, cinematic end to the to the meeting. It's, it's quite poignant, isn't it? That's very good. I, I yeah. don't think we'll get a better answer than that. Um, and, and then a bonus question, only because it was it was sort of in my news for you today. Segways aren't going to be produced anymore. Do you have any fond memories of riding one? Uh, I feel a little bit disappointed that Segways aren't going to be made anymore. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel so about that. I haven't ever ridden one, but I have very happy memories of riding electrical scooters in Santa Monica. Mm -hmm. So an electric scooter on the Santa Monica Boulevard is absolutely perfect. 
I'm not convinced they're going to uh, translate to the yeah. uh, cold streets of Soho in December. But I do have uh, the wind in my hair going down a Santa Monica Boulevard is probably my, one of my highlight e-scooter moments. Very good. And it's probably the perfect way to end. Ed, thank you so much. And your optimism around stuff and the examples that you've used are absolutely brilliant. And as I said, I thought the Partner Summit, not just the products, but the format was was amazing. Someone will do very, very well to top that. But thank you very much for giving us 20 minutes this morning. That's all a pleasure. And thanks for having me back again, James. Cheers. Thanks, Ed. IAB UK, building a sustainable future for digital advertising. Ed Couchman from Snap there. Uh, and if you know Ed, then you know he's an incredibly positive and upbeat person anyway. But I really loved his unashamed optimism around the recovery, whatever letter shape we debate that it might be. And if you haven't already, check out the one and a half minute summary film from the Snap Partner Summit. There's some really, really smart stuff in there. Uh, that's it for today. We'll be back later this week with another episode. But if you want to listen to more episodes like this one or look at what else we're doing to support IB members right now, go to iabuk.com forward slash connected and add us on Snapchat. Just search for IABUK. Thanks very much for listening. IAB UK.